Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello everyone. How are you all? I hope you all had a wonderful Easter. It is so good to be back with you all today. Uh, We're going to do, and I might turn this this into a couple of episodes. We'll see how we go. But I want to look today at the uh, quite shocking truth about puberty blockers, which is a part of the trans care. Um, I want us to have a little bit of a reality check today because these are being pushed in Australia. In fact, as you're going to find out today, Australia is actually leading the way when it comes to particularly puberty blockers and trans care. Now, I'm not sure if you know, there are actually four stages to, uh, to transitioning. Now, this is becoming an ideology that is more and more uh, being pushed like it's just you know, like being a boy or a girl now is just completely fabricated and there are all these different genders. And as you know, I went to a bookstore the other day and was completely shocked at how this gender ideology is taking over. So if they're going to start bringing this down to our children and the Australian government is literally all behind it, then I've got something to say about it. And what I want to do today is arm you guys with a little bit of, uh, of facts. I want to give you the facts today so that when you maybe need to have this discussion with your own kids or with the, uh, the woke ideology brigade that are coming at us more and more, that you've actually got some good facts to say to them. So when it comes to these four different stages, we're only going to obviously talk about the one stage today. The first stage is obviously the social transitioning and, uh, and that's happening more and more particularly in schools where, you know, a child might choose to change their gender. I mean, these days, I mean, it's not even a gender. You can identify as a flipping cat, as we saw one student, one year eight student doing over in Victoria. Uh, but, you know, all of this stuff about changing their pronouns. Uh, so that's that's all to do with the social transition. But then there are three different stages when it comes to actually transitioning a young person. The first stage are the puberty blockers, which we're going to talk about today. The second stage, if they um, go through puberty and they want to continue on with the transition, is they move on to what's known as cross-sex hormones. And I, I want to talk about those two because they are just absolutely horrendous. And the third stage is, of course, the surgical intervention, which is seemingly rare, but guys, the way that we're going, it's going to become uh, pushed more and more. Now, it is one thing to argue against children transitioning from a religious perspective, but not everyone out there has a religious worldview like I might have or you might have. And people can just write us off as well. I'm not religious or, you know, just you religious nut jobs. And so I want to give you a little bit more today because this is my perspective. When God gives us a certain way to live, when he tells us this is the design, it's for our own good. And when we start playing God and we start pushing against that design, it's going to cause us harm. So what we need to do is work out the wisdom behind what God tells us in his word. And I think that the truth is pretty easy to see 
when we start to uncover the actual facts about these puberty blockers and the irreparable harm that they are causing to children. Now, I want to start off by pointing out someone who's become very popular on TikTok social media. Now, I've no doubt a lot of you guys would have already heard of Dylan Mulvaney. He is an American trans person who's getting a lot of attention right now. Now, the reason I say trans person is I'm a little bit confused because um, he, he is a biological male that has just spent the last 365 days transitioning to a female, but he's kept the name Dylan. And from what I can tell, his pronouns are they, them. That's why I'm like calling him a trans person because that is all a little bit confusing to me. Now, he has actually made like a video blog on TikTok and social media of his 365 days towards becoming a girl. And then it accumulated in on day 365. He had this big concert that people actually seemed like they attended um, to celebrate his whole one one year of coming out. Now, obviously, he's had the cross-sex hormones, and I don't know how many surgeries he's had, but I know he definitely had um, feminizing facial surgery. Now, he's really, really popular on social media, and there's been a bit of a controversy lately because he's become the ambassador for a really popular beer. I don't know if it's popular here in Australia. I'm not a beer drinker, but it's uh, Bud Light Beer. And you can see he's actually sitting in the bath as a female, obviously like a bubble bath, drinking this beer and doing this really weird dance. I actually thought it was a meme at first. By the way, Dylan's actually really talented. Like he's got a killer voice. Well, quite a good voice. I'll play it to you in a minute. He's a little bit like a Disney character when he dresses up. Um, and so the other thing though, that's been real, there's been huge pushback is that he's become the model for women's wear for Nike or one of the models for women's wear. Now guys, take yourself along to Nike women's wear Instagram. Oh my gosh, there are tens of thousands of people pushing back. Women are outraged, which I find really interesting. I find it fascinating how everyone's like, um, you know, oh yes, let's be inclusive. Yes, we can have men become women until you get one of them taking away a job from a female model and telling us women how we should be looking in our active wear. And then all of a sudden the truth comes out. And the truth is, guys, the majority of people are not for this. And the majority of people know men cannot become women. And so the outrage, you can see this by the outrage of women going, what the heck Nike? I'm never buying Nike again. You guys are uh, talking about being kind and creating the community we're in and being inclusive, and you're doing it by excluding women. So I want to play you a little song that Dylan sang recently on Instagram. And like he genuinely, I've, I've, I follow him. He's got over a million followers um, and he seems like such a nice person, like genuinely kind and funny and, uh, you know, very theatrical. So let me pause for a second and I want you to have a listen to this song. Whether you're a parent or you're a child or you're young or you're old or you're trans or you're not, we're all just trying our best here, aren't we?
kind of beautiful, except he has a couple of voice cracks. But Dylan really, you know, it's like he's a Disney character. He's wearing a, his hair up and makeup and he's just had his feminizing facial surgery. And uh, he's got this dress on that's like a, um, like a ball gown and gloves up to his sleeves and this big pink chul skirt. And, you know, there's so much love in the, in the comments. And obviously this message is one of, uh, you know, love and we're doing our best and someone is on your side. That's the whole point of the song. And what he's doing is creating this beautiful ideal community of love and light and sparkles and so much feel good. But in reality, guys, this is seducing young people into a, into a false reality because the problem is it doesn't matter how nice it all sounds or how much love and acceptance that he and others in the community, in the trans community portray, it cannot actually cover and it cannot change the truth of the reality of what really happens when it comes to puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. And I'm just going to focus on puberty blockers today. And we're going to look at the blunt facts. And unfortunately, Australia is leading the way with our trans care standards when it comes particularly to puberty blockers. Um, even though there are actually a lot of other countries doing an about face, which I'm going to talk about a bit later, but there's a global body for trans health, just like there's a world health organization. There's a world trans organization. It's called the world professional association for transgender health. And there's also an Australian version called the OzPath, which is the Australian professional association for transgender health. Now they regularly update their, their guidelines, like both the Australian and the world one, but the world trans organization actually gave a special shout out recently to Australia saying that we have got the world's, you know, best approach that we've got the right approach because we are initiating puberty blockers at, at the very first sign of puberty. First sign. And the reason that apparently we're so wonderful is that we're really helping young people who potentially could feel such distress uh, at the physical changes that puberty brings if they are not comfortable with their gender. So what are puberty blockers? I'm sure that you can work it out from the name. They are taken by people who are considering transitioning their gender before their bodies undergo puberty. So as the name suggests, they block changes that normally happen during puberty. And they do this by blocking the normal hormones, which as we know, testosterone in boys and estrogen in girls. Now, according to Planned Parenthood, these puberty blockers will stop periods and breast growth and facial hair and deepening of the voice and a whole range of other things that happen during puberty. So they put a pause on puberty while the young person gets to consider their identity. So these blockers are called GNRH agonists. Uh, the reason is the GNRH hormones are the ones that are released in our body during puberty that cause all the changes. There are three kinds taken here in Australia. One is called Zolodex, which is an implant put under the skin. Another one is called Lucrin, which is an injection that they have every three to four months. And the final one is called Diferaline, which is an injection taken every five to six months. Now, I feel what is so concerning is the age that these puberty blockers are given. Now, it is legal for under 18-year-olds to have them here in Australia, as long as there is agreement before the, uh, the child themselves, their parent, 
and the prescribing medical practitioner, which of course gets complicated by the way, when you've got divorced parents where one is in agreement and one is not, there's actually been a couple of court cases here in Australia. So obviously like the average age puberty happens, not the average age, puberty can happen everywhere, anywhere between eight to 13 in a girl and nine to 14 in a boy. So we are talking about giving these life-altering hormones at anything from like eight or nine for girls and, and 10, 9, 10, 11 for boys. This is just mind-boggling to me that we are giving a life-altering hormone to kids who at the very same age are not allowed to buy or drink alcohol in a licensed premise. Kids who have to be in a car seat until they're seven, but from the age of eight, they can decide to change their gender and take puberty blockers. Kids who are not allowed to sit in the front seat until they're after the age of 12. However, they are allowed to have puberty blockers. Kids who, you know, it's against the law to smoke, but they can have puberty blockers. It's against the law to change your name before the age of 18, but they can change their gender on their birth certificate. Now, very interestingly, we are told, of course, by gender-affirming clinics and many governments that these are safe and effective. I actually am so sick to death of those three words, safe and effective. So studies on puberty blockers have shown, and I'm quoting, by the way, I'm quoting from an Australian website here, the transhub.org.au. Studies on puberty blockers have shown that they are an effective and safe part of the hormonal therapy toolkit for young trans people. And then it goes on to say that these GnRH analogs have been used to suppress puberty for the last 20 years and short midterm studies have found them to be well tolerated by the body when used temporarily. Oh, let's just pause right there. Now I'm going to go into this a bit more in a second, but hang on a minute. That is a lie. That is a half truth that I've read to you just then. When they say that they've been used to suppress puberty for the last 20 years, They have not been used to suppress puberty in gender transitioning children. They have only been used for or approved for another usage that I'm going to talk about in just a moment. So so that is a half truth. They have not been used for the last 20 years for this purpose. Now, on the WPATH website, the, the World Trans website, They maintain that they not only are safe and effective, but they explicitly recommend these puberty hormones. And they say on their website, get this, that the development of hypertension is the only known short-term adverse effect. Now that's, uh, hypertension is high blood pressure. So yeah, basically they're like, go for it guys. Sorry about the high blood pressure we might cause in your 10 year old, just crazy. All right. So I'm going to give you four, we're going to, I'm going to give you four truths about puberty blockers that are not really talked about and that are really going to help you if ever you have a conversation about this, but also to help you not feel afraid of the woke brigade that will tell you that you're some terrible bigoted person by not letting a 10 year old go on these puberty blockers. Uh, you guys are going to be shocked at all of this four things I'm going to tell you. The first one is this. There are no long-term studies on these puberty blockers. That is right, which can only mean one thing, guys. If there's no long-term study, then these are experimental. 
Now, the World Trans Organization actually said, and I quote again from their website, the use of puberty blockers in individuals with central precocious puberty, and I'll explain that in a minute, is regarded as both safe and effective with no known long-term adverse effects. So again, this website that's saying there's no known long-term adverse effects, that makes us feel like they're safe. No, 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 no. The reason there are no known ones is because they're not studying it. But however, there is growing evidence that there are long-term effects. But the actual people pushing this, the gender affirmers, the governments are not studying this. They are not doing any trials to do with the long-term effects of these puberty blockers. There is no record in the academic literature documenting what happens to a child who goes on puberty blockers at, say, the age of 11 and then maybe stops at the age of 16 or 18. Number two, these blockers are actually not approved by the TGA or the FDA. Now, the TGA is our Australian, um, uh, what do you call it? The Therapeutic Goods Administration. They're the ones here in Australia that approve um, all of our medications. And in America, it's called the FDA. Now, this is what the World Organization was talking about when I quoted a second ago about them being used for central precocious puberty. These puberty blockers, guys, have never been approved for gender transitioners. They've only ever been approved for another use, which is those who have got central precocious puberty. What is that? That is an actual medical condition where a child before the age of eight goes into early onset puberty. So we're talking like a three-year-old that goes into puberty or a six-year-old that goes into puberty. It is a rare medical condition. So these puberty blockers, they are approved for that purpose. Now, in America, they were approved in 1993 for this purpose. In Australia, they were only approved more recently in 2021 for this purpose. But they have never been approved or studied, especially long term, for children who are using them at the actual age of puberty as a drug against uh, or for gender transition. That means that puberty blockers are what we call off-label. So if you ever see the term off-label, that means that that particular drug, while it's been approved for other uh, conditions, have not been uh, approved for that particular condition. So the puberty blockers that are being talked about being given by gender-affirming clinics and governments, such as Australia, are off-label usage, which means they've never been studied and they're not actually approved to be used for that specific reason. So it makes sense to use them in a two-year-old or a three-year-old, right? You don't want a three-year-old going into puberty. But what they do in this case, and this is what they have been approved and used for in rare instances, is to stop the abnormal condition of early puberty, but then when the child does reach the proper age for puberty, they take them off the blockers. All right, so that's the second reason. The third reason that I want to give you or against the using these puberty blockers is there are side effects that are not talked about. 
Now, one of the most disturbing pieces of growing evidence is that these puberty blockers are actually not irreversible, like all of the gender affirming and many government websites claim. Let me read to you an example of what you will find on a website or information that might be given by a gender affirming clinic. Okay, so this leaflet has got a whole heap of like frequently asked questions. And one of them is this, do puberty blockers cause permanent changes? Here's what they've said. Puberty blockers do not cause permanent changes to the body and you can stop taking them at any time. If you decide to stop taking puberty blockers and did not take hormone therapy, your body will go back to the puberty that had already started. Guys, that is actually a false claim. Those claims that they are reversible have come from their usage in early onset, you know, the, the, the precocious puberty, early onset puberty. They've never been tested for those claims in the suppression of normal puberty. So researchers have actually not finished studying how safe puberty blockers are in the long term. So those claims that they are making, again, it's one of these half-truths, but I've got another word for a half-truth. A half-truth is actually a lie. If it's not the full truth, it is a lie. And they're making the claims that they're reversible based on their usage in these tiny children who take them for early onset puberty. Now, more and more countries are quietly changing their advice on their websites, admitting that they actually don't know the full long-term side effects and also admitting they don't know if they are fully reversible. So New Zealand is a good example. One of the woke capitals in the world, let me read to you from their government website, Up until last week, the Ministry of Health stated that puberty blockers are a safe and fully reversible medicine that may be used from early puberty through to later adolescence to help ease distress and allow time to fully explore gender health options. But a few weeks ago, guys, that advice was quietly changed by the ministry, and this is what it now says. It now calls it, uh, instead of a safe and fully reversible medicine, they've removed that and replaced it with blockers are sometimes used from early puberty through to later adolescence to allow time to fully explore gender health options. So they've taken away completely their safe and fully reversible. And do you know why? Because there is growing evidence to suggest that these medicines are not safe and they're not fully reversible. Britain's National Health Service withdrew the claim that they're fully reversible. Sweden has stopped the use of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones for all children under 18 because they are not safe and they are not fully reversible. In America, there are so many states that have banned them, Texas, Florida, Idaho, There is a growing body of evidence showing the harm and irreparable damage. But hey, go Australia. Wow. Well done us for being at the forefront of, of we're not at the forefront, guys. We're behind. Other countries were where we were and, and they're changing their mind. But hey, as long as we're being called out by the World Trans Organization as being the amazing trendsetters, um, 
There's even been a long-term study done by the UK's leading facility guys for treating gender dysphoric children. And do you know what they found? That the majority of children who take puberty blockers do not actually resume puberty in the normal way. Let me give you a few other of the side effects apart apart from the fact that they're not fully reversible. They affect teenage brain development. Guys, that is so concerning in itself. They affect teenage brain development. It's actually not known that if uh, if brain development has been um, suspended, right? So say you take puberty blockers at the age of 13 and then you go on at the age of 18, you come off of them. There is a growing body of evidence that that's that window for this development of your brain, that if that's been missed out, it actually can't be recovered. So it's not like, oh, what you missed out on for those five or six years, well, when you're 18 and you come off them, your brain's just going to continue that development. No, there's a growing body of evidence to show that the brain development they're suspecting does not actually catch up. So, hey, let's affect children's brains. Another side effect is it's giving them osteoporosis, it's affecting their bone density. Now, we're talking about a health issue that affects elderly people. So here, have a puberty blocker and a side dose of no brain development and some osteoporosis to go with it. It also increases body fat and body mass while decreasing lean body mass. It also inhibits fertility and potentially potentially can make a child sterile. Now, if they go on to the next stage and have cross-sex hormones, that definitely makes them um, affects their fertility permanently. But there's also great concerns that it inhibits their fertility uh, long long term, even if they take the puberty blockers. And then, of course, the other side effect I talked about before, which is hypertension, which is high blood pressure. So the other thing that would be concerning before I give you the fourth reason, um, these, these puberty blockers, do you know what they've been used for other than early onset puberty? They actually are used, and this is so disturbing, they're actually used in America as uh, for chemical castration purposes of sexual offenders. Now, this started, um, well, it was definitely used quite uh, a lot as from 2011 in Korea, and it's definitely used in America. So that's concerning. Number four, the fourth thing about puberty blockers, and this one is really sad, it's actually, they are not improving the patient's mental health, which is the very reason they're giving them these blockers to start with, right? They're giving them these blockers because these children who are potentially gender dysphoric, I could argue that too. However, let's go with it, that they might be very disturbed to see their body going through puberty. And so they want to help the mental health of these children by putting a pause on the puberty while they decide if they want to go ahead with the transition. But again, there is a growing body of evidence that it's actually not helping their mental health at all. Research is showing no evidence that these procedures are effective in achieving their purpose of improving the mental health of patients. In fact, the Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine, good website to look up, the SEBGM, said that there are profound long-term uncertainties, no evidence of long-term benefit, And according to them, the review on these blockers is sobering. And the major findings were 
that these blockers lead to little or no change in gender dysphoria, of which, of course, there is no satisfactory explanation of the sudden increase of. There's little or no change to the mental health or their body image or their psychosocial functioning. And that after decades of quality evidence of benefit, it's still lacking. That the, Sorry, there's, there's little evidence of benefit. All of that, the evidence to show that it's benefiting mental health is actually lacking. So let me quickly go through those four arguments again. Number one, there are no long-term studies on the effects of these puberty blockers. Number two, they're not even approved by the TGA or the FDA for gender dysphoria and gender transitioning. Number three, there are side effects. Some of them a growing body of evidence to show that they are not reversible. And number four, there is also no evidence to show it's actually improving their mental health. Guys, this is so sad. In conclusion, we are using these harmful blockers all for a condition that we all know is a transient phase in the majority of teenagers. Yes, the majority. The stats are as high now as over 90% of teenagers, if left alone, will actually return back to being happy with the gender that they were born. So here we are shoving hormones of which we know very little that can have devastating lifelong effects on children for a condition that will most likely pass. And while Australia is plowing ahead, other countries are smartening the heck up. We're not on the forefront, guys. We're behind. But why? Why are we doing this? And there's only a few reasons I can think of. One is that for some reason, Australia seems to be patting themselves on the back that look at us, we're on the cutting edge, except we're not on the cutting edge. Or maybe we're doing it because those that be in power are weak and they are fearing the woke brigade. Or maybe there's some global agenda that's behind it that we're being pushed to follow but I reckon one of the main reasons would have to be money because these hormones, right? Like the puberty blockers are one thing that guarantees five years, six years of money. But if they continue, they have to be on the cross sex hormones the rest of their life. You're talking about patients that are going to be paying money. This is a multi-billion dollar industry. So all of that to try and help you guys you know, when you have these discussions with people that you can, you know, back yourself, back yourself with confidence that we are not crazy to be saying that this ideology is just absolutely crazy and harming our children. Anyway, thank you guys. I also just want to quickly mention, I really appreciate if you guys can continue to support me with Girl Next Door podcast, either by writing a five-star written review on Apple, which I love, but also thank you for all of the supporters that have jumped onto um, to my Buy Me A Coffee platform. Thank you so much to my members, Brooke, Victoria, Chloe, 
and anonymous member Kylie, Sophie, Louise, Marie, Pam, Christina, and Renee. Thank you. You guys can, um, you know, some of you support for $5 a month. There are options. Some of you came to me and said, please, we want to support you for more. I appreciate that. But of course, you don't have to be a monthly supporter. You can just do you know, buy one, two, three, whatever coffee. So I appreciate that because I've got a goal to be actually podcasting a whole day a week, which means I'm going to be able to put out more content because at the moment I do this in between my full-time job. Guys, I thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing. Actually, I had someone stop me in the supermarket the other day, someone I've never met before, a mum and a dad with a little 10-month-old who stopped me. I was looking like a dad walking out of Woolies and had my head down. And I think I was texting Georgia and they're like, Oh, excuse me. Are you Renee Bennett? I know you from girl next door podcast. And I was like, Oh, so we stopped and had a chat and I really appreciate that. And I'm so glad to know that all of these podcasts are helping you guys. So thank you. Love you guys. Have a really great week. And I will be back with you on Friday for parenthood Friday until then have a good one.